Hi friends and welcome to Slow the Heck Down, the podcast, where two friends in two different countries on two different continents get together for a chat. Come with us as we navigate it all, from embracing a slower way of life, simplifying our homes, and diving into the nitty-gritty topics of everyday life. So sit back and relax, grab a tea if you're like Talia, or a coffee if you're more like Amy, and come along for the journey. Welcome to Slow the Heck Down. Welcome to our podcast. Um, We do everything over Zoom, so I'm talking right now because I am about to include that into our intro. Um, Amy is comical as hell, and because we are so far away, we do everything over Zoom, so we have to record in Zoom and then edit just the audio file for our podcast. And they changed the lady's voice who does the, this meeting is being recorded. And Amy's idea of an English... U.S. English voice has that weird (laughs) sound and I can't get enough of it so every time we start the podcast Amy says this meeting is being recorded and then does some kind of hand movement and silly thing and every every episode it changes (laughs) and I can't get enough and because we record in groups. I get to see it three or four times a day on podcast recording days. So. <laughs> but it sees you through the rest of the week when we're not recording. <laughs> well, sometimes we get together and just hang anyways. But yes, it does get me through. All right, guys. That was a good lighthearted moment because we are diving really deep today. Amy and I met through a multi-level marketing company. Ah. <laughs> so we're going to dive into how we got started, why we got started. I ducked out first and then Amy wasn't long behind. And now we are running our own businesses. We have people, kids, furry kids, husbands. I mean, the husbands were there in the beginning too, but life has changed so much since we started that journey and ended that journey so we wanted to be the voice of reason it's something that we would like to get off of our chests and put out into the world so that we can help others protect themselves but also realize the other ways that you can make money and do things the way that we have so that you don't have to fall victim to these awful situations and um we are going to talk about the Huns and the babes and the boss babes that we used to be and the slow living old people that we are now. <laughs> Amy, <laughs> I call you go first. You throw us in because you started first. I did. Have at it, sister. Okay, guys, before we jump into the rest of today's episode, me and Talia want to put out a little disclaimer. Everything we're going to share in today's podcast episode is from our own experience, our own thoughts, beliefs, and research we've done on multi-level marketing. Be sure to check out the disclaimer in our notes and also on our websites, but I just want to go over a quick copyright disclaimer of the Copyright Act of 1976 for the allowance for fair use purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education and research. Fair use is a use permitted by a copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Non-profit educational or personal use tips the balance in favour of fair use. 
everything we talk about here is for educational purposes and to spread awareness of our personal experiences and opinions. Our opinions don't represent the company we partnered with or any other network marketing or multi-level marketing companies. They are our experiences and not facts. Now we've got that out of the way, let's jump into the rest of the episode. Okay, so I joined February 2015. That's right. February 2015. And I actually uh, joined because I was following a girl on Instagram and she, I'd like, I, while I'm saying this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this totally sounds like I'm explaining. Like when I got started, it felt like that old sales pitch as I was saying that. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a lot of moments today of like deja vu. Like, have I been here before? I'm gonna explain. This is why I got started, which is the thing I would say in every Zoom meeting with your quote unquote team. Go ahead. So yeah, I was following this girl on Instagram, and I can't really remember whether I followed her or she followed me. But I was, you know, I I was seeing the posts she was making. This was like Instagram pre stories, I think, as well. So it was all just like the grid posts, and I was seeing the posts she was making, and she was talking about, you know, that she had her like full time job, but she was also doing like this side job, and it was, you know, she was going to get a ten thousand dollar bonus, and just all this stuff like it really made like when I would watch her I would be like gosh she sounds like she's having so much fun and so I reached out to her and she was like completely like oh my god you would be great at this oh it's so triggering now but you know you would be so great at this um and she was like email me and funnily enough I emailed her and it bounced back and I just didn't didn't follow it up from that there and then a few months later again she posted something and I responded to her saying like oh you know you look like you're having so much fun and you know I I guess I was at the time looking for uh earning a little more money and so this time I actually did see it through and I ummed and ahed a little bit I didn't just like jump straight in but I I I was umming and ahing and I was like literally trying to find out you know if this was a good thing and I remember specifically saying to my mum like I trust this company because they are like a faith-based company like they were like a Christian-based company I was like you know they're not gonna screw me over mm. <laughs> and I discussed it with Ray we had like we've been together a couple of years by that point but I discussed it with Ray I discussed it with my mom and I decided you know what I'm gonna give it a go and so I did I paid my money to join and that was I guess the beginning of the dreadful cycle which is really really difficult to see when you're not like when you're in it and it's only only on the other side are you able to get clarity on all of these things so I was in for four five years technically four of those I actually worked and it 
we're going to unpack a lot of it in this episode. It's a lot that went on and it's difficult to tell at the time, but there's a lot that goes on within multi-level marketing that is really shady, is really cult-like and uh, yeah, ultimately we are going to like undo all of that and dive into some of the like the nitty gritty things about multi-level marketing but I like I said I was in it for four years five years technically but I didn't work the last part of the year and I ended up leaving um because they I, I was I just had a baby my first baby and I remember asking like a few weeks after I'd had her, there was like some like team page thing. And I asked a question on there, like, how do you do this? Because I hadn't worked, worked it since like later on in my pregnancy. Like, and I was like, how do you do this? Like with a newborn? Because honestly, I could not fathom how between like taking care of a newborn, feeding them, all of that big stuff, and being tired, like, when am I supposed to do this, right? Because when I get a spare moment, I want to go to bed. And somebody replied, one of the leaders um, replied and was like, well, you know, you should be just handing your baby off to your husband to take care of. Like, if you really wanted this, you'd work for it. And I was thinking, that was the moment for me that I was like, I'm not passing off my child to to do that that you know like I'm not going to miss that time with her and although I then I didn't technically I, I there was a period of time after that that although I didn't work I was still technically enrolled in the company but that was the moment where I was like nah that's not normal right for me to be like a couple of weeks post having a baby and expected to work that's not the norm in the UK and I know um in in the US where the company is based their maternity leave policies leave a lot to be desired but you know there was no way that I thought that was a normal thing to do it that's because it's not and yeah. <laughs> I love that you felt something and you followed your gut about it because when I think about where the two of us are now I laugh hysterically because you are now a homemaker and you are now a stay-at-home mama and I couldn't imagine you running that hustle grind when the two of us are very much completely 360 of who we were those years. I don't have exact dates because ADHD means I don't remember a goddamn thing. Um, so I don't have exact dates, but I do remember that I was in I did It Works with one of my friends when my husband and I still lived in his mom's basement. Um, and by Did It Works, I mean, I enrolled, I got a, a box of wraps and I, my husband and I did them, or boyfriend at the time, and I did them and we shared them with our friends. I made like a little bit of like literal paper cash in my hand and then I never did it again. And then I was targeted by, and yes, I'm using the word targeted. I was targeted by someone who was my my previous boyfriend's older sister to do Arbon, um, which is another MLM company. And I actually really honestly and truly still to this day can say that I do use some of the products. I do still love the company, um, not their values, not what they do, not that it's multi-level marketing, but I do still love some of their skincare. 
full transparency. Obviously, that's what we want to bring to this conversation always. Um, but I did Arbon on and off for three years where I would work a couple months. And Arbon truly was the only company that I worked for. This is not me saying go run and do Arbon. This is the only company I worked for where every sale I made, I made money. There was no like you have to qualify to get your commission released to you. It was very much like I worked for them and I hosted a couple parties. Everything that I sold, I made a percentage off of. The only company I've worked for. Still don't recommend it. Um, very seldomly buy anything from them. But then I moved on and I, my sister-in-law was doing Avon and Avon is old as the hills in the MLM world. So I joined Avon for a couple months. Once again, there was so much money I had to pay and put out that this didn't work as a plan to help me get on my feet. Um, so I left Avon and then I rolled into the days of Instagram and much like Amy, my story is very similar once we get to the at work stuff because I sat there and said, oh my God, look at her. It's two o'clock in the afternoon and she's, you know, at home. Look at her. She's, uh, you know, planning children and a life and getting married and planning a wedding in the middle of the day. And look at her. And it became this, I want to do this with her, which literally formed one of the best friendships of my entire life. So I will forever thank this stupid company for bringing us together because Amy and I talk about literally everything. And when I say everything, I don't mean a cheesy friendship. I mean, we've talked about orgasms all the way down to literally toe hair and pubic hair. <laughs> That's the sexual side of things. We've talked about even weirder things. And there's parts of that birth story that you guys heard that I've heard that I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it has brought me one of the single most important relationships of my entire life to me. And I'm very, very, very forever grateful and thankful for that. But once I started at works, I never once touched a product other than a wrap. And that is something I can say now out loud. I advertised that I had it. I took pictures that I had it. Amy sent me pictures. And these websites had an endless supply on the Facebook forums of just take the pictures and advertise for us. We were basically an unpaid marketing team for this company. And Amy being the person that brought me on, um, I don't know if Amy made any money still to this day. We'll probably get into this. I don't know if Amy made money for me signing up. I don't know if Amy made money from me doing anything. I do know that I could never afford to order the products because of them being from the States mostly and not having connections to here. Amy and I never had any parties or anything because of our distance and our location, whereas some of the other MLMs that I did, I did have parties or shows where I could showcase the products or force my poor friends and family to attend <laughs> and talk about products I knew nothing about and had no passion for. I had to fake the passion that I had. And the whole reason I started all this wasn't even just because I saw you doing it and thought you were having a good time. That was the thing that triggered me at first, yes. But the reason that I did it is because I'm disabled. And I was out of a job. And I was very vulnerable. And I was really much in trouble. And I thought, let's take the financial risk. Let's give it a go. Let's see if we can make something about it. And much like Amy, I talked to my husband. And I just went. And then... 
I don't know how long I was in it, Amy. Two and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then around then, because again, I'm not very good with dates and stuff. So I don't remember the date to the time. I hardly remember my wedding anniversary. And I was there. <laughs> um, but I remember getting to a point where I had talked to Amy and I had said like, Amy, like, I'm not feeling well. And it was again, much like Amy's story. Like I was, would have days where I wasn't feeling good. And their idea of support was you got this, go do it. Hustle, hustle, hustle. And sending me motivational posters. Like you can do this, push through. You're only as good as your last move. And you can do this and push aside your feelings and emotions because you want to win that trip to Disneyland. Don't you? And that was the moment for me where I thought you're telling me that pushing aside my health to be able to attend a video conference call in the meeting in the evening with you guys. And Amy would stay up till like, what was it? Three, four in the morning on these fucking calls. I mean, sometimes, yeah, like one, two, three o'clock. I often would fall asleep actually with like the earphones in my ears. (laughs) No, but this is what I'm getting at. These companies were pushing Amy out of her baby and what was going on with her baby and amy and i the only argument we've ever had was about this during her pregnant pregnancy and in the middle of the it works debacle and it's the only thing we've ever disagreed on that we couldn't get through and it was so sad because i thought i was going to lose a really close friend to me because i was i was i was the one that kept telling you amy you're doing things you shouldn't be doing in your pregnancy right now because of all of this stuff you're pushing past and missing sleep in the middle of your pregnancy because of this company and you kept telling me I'm passionate about this I love this whatever and I said to you Amy I cannot do this anymore and you said okay well I don't know how this is going to work for our friendship like this is a huge priority for me and I want to make money doing this and I'm working really hard and I was like I can support you wanting to work hard I can support you in a lot of ways, but I can't do this company anymore. They're asking me to push past my values. They're asking me to show up when I'm unwell. They're asking me to just put some makeup on and show up and and smile and post four times a day and follow the algorithms and do this and do that. It felt so incredibly unnatural. And again, it's funny because now I'm literally building a brand around yoga and mindfulness and art making. And Amy is homemaking, slow living and like gardening on the plot. And it is so crazy because we needed that experience, unfortunately, to one, prove our friendship to each other, not like it needed proving, but it did end up that way. And two, it needed to show us how awful the world is so that we could turn things around. And it's scary because these companies prey on the vulnerability of you and me being disabled and needing money and Amy being, you know, working from home in between school and all those things. And, you know, just planning a wedding, her story became, I'm planning a wedding and we want children. So I need this job to make money. And mine became, we are also planning a wedding a year after Amy, and we would like to get married and we want to have extra because that was something that they preached a lot. And when I realized that this company was trying to get me to show up when I needed to rest, push when I was feeling sick, I would be like on the floor, literally in my living room, unable to move, posting pictures I took days earlier, like, oh my God, so happy, just made a pay raise, look at my goals, I'm going to make $2,000 this month on top of my regular pay. I never made a penny from this company. 
and they dragged me through the mud for two and a half years and of course I could sit here and say like that's wasted time and I'm angry about it but realistically it was just the prey drive that they had and I'm not saying that you preyed on me I came to you um and you were also just doing what you were taught but it just becomes this like cult of I teach you, you teach the next person and the next person, the next person, and nobody really knows what they're doing. We're just free marketing. So this company can keep making money because I never, ever made a penny, but I sold hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. So did you. And we never made anything. Yeah, I think it's really important as well. Like something you just said is that it is a cult. It is a cult and people who are currently involved in multi-level marketing, if they are listening to this podcast, they've probably switched off by now, but the, it is a cult. And the, the problem is, is that, like you said, it preys on the vulnerabilities, particularly of women. So it preys on the vulnerabilities of like, don't you want to be home with your children? Don't you want to earn an extra income? Like, don't you want to have this comfortable life that you dream of? The guilt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so, I mean, obviously I, I hadn't, I didn't have children at the time when I did this and but, you know, it was like a thought in the future, obviously, like, yeah, I'd love to be a stay at home mom. And um, there are so many cult like tactics that take place within multi-level marketing. And it's interesting because one of the things you touched on was uh, that I actually wrote down because one of the main uh, well, not the main, but but one of the things about cults is that they actually like indoctrinate their members via sleep deprivation. So where they're constantly teaching us in in multi level marketing, i.e., a commercial cult, they when I'm up at like two a.m. listening to a call. I'm tired the next day, but I still have to get up the next day because I've got to get up. And even if I'm at home and it's a day where, you know, I wasn't working or something, it's still a day, you know, I'm still tired. And that's one of the things that they do. You know, if you need to rest for, you know, whatever reason, whether it's you personally, whether you need to rest because of your health. And if you are actually taking on too much, that's their sleep deprivation, you know, sleep deprivation happens anyway. But, you know, when you are then engaging with some of these things that they do within these companies, you're getting even less sleep than you need. And so you get caught in this cycle. I mean, there's so much, there's so much cult-like tactics in multi-level marketing. Like, it's terrifying. I wouldn't say that the whole time I was thinking like, I need out, I need out. There were definitely times where I was like, you know, this is just the sacrifice I have to make to get to the life where I can work from my phone from anywhere. And which was the big tagline. And then I got to places where I, where they were making me question my values. Like I just said, and not even just my values, because for some reason I was willing to push off my values and be like, okay, this is just the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And but that's then, a cult like tactic. That's yeah. a cult tactic. But then it started to get to the point where where the sleep missing my sleep and missing like I would go to bed early, or you know me, I would be napping, or I would be up with you in the morning, aka I'd be up sick in the middle of the night, and I would be texting you when you would wake up at seven, eight in the morning, and that would be like 
oh my god my I don't know 2 3 a.m and I would be unwell and I would be like pleading and crying to you like I can't do this another day I can't do this another day I can't show up tomorrow I need to just rest I need to sleep I'm not going to make it to the seven o'clock meeting. All the girls are going to be in my DMs harassing me again that I didn't make the meeting. Oh, honey, you're going to be okay. Come on, babe. You can do this. You're a badass. Let's do this. Do you want that car from Arbon? Do you want that? Do you want to get the free products? Do you want to get the free things? You've got to do it if you want those things. And of course, because I was part of this quote unquote team, I didn't want to let my team down either. So then I continued to push. And then it became more and more questioning my health. And then I was even pleading to Amy, like, you are pregnant. Okay. I've been here since the beginning, Amy. You're pregnant and it's 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be sick tomorrow all day because I know you're sick all day, but you're going <laughs> to pretend you're not sick all day because you have to look like you're not sick all day. And like, this is the dream job. So people sign up underneath you. And I kept saying to you, I'm not well, I'm not going to make it. So I just stopped showing up. And then you started coming at me, not coming at me, but, but truly coming at me being like, where are you? What are you doing? And I'm like, Amy, I have to rest. Amy, I need to lay down. Amy, I'm at the hospital. Amy, I'm at the doctors again. Amy, I'm not okay. And you kept being like, well, we were going to work on this together and we were going to do this. And I believe in you and let's go. And I literally just stopped responding to you. It was not a healthy way to handle our friendship, nor was it a healthy way to handle anything, but really weird because about two months later, here you popped up into my WhatsApp. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) just quit it. And I said, when did it click in your head? And you're like, well, about the time you started saying things, it started to click for me. And now I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to give into it. And I think that's such a normal thing to say because it wasn't about us actually fighting. It had nothing to do with your actual pregnancy. It had nothing to do with anything except I was afraid my values were compromised and I was worried about you because we had formed a really close friendship. And here we are, what, like nine years later now. (laughs) And I'm like, we talk every day, all day. So it's not like anything's changed, but it definitely helped us to see how insane that was what they were trying to do to us and as soon as we got out both of us the hate from everybody that was our team and our sisters and our family and our friends was so disgusting I'm embarrassed to say I ever worked there all right we are going to be sharing some stories from our days and we will be changing the names of everybody that we speak about our first story is about a woman named rose we feel like that name suits her although that is not her name (laughs) um so amy tell us your story about rose so yeah i thought i would dive into this one because we were just talking about you know like friendship and that like girl tribe you know boss babes and all of that so one of the things multi-level marketing companies do is really promote this idea that you know you are gonna have all of these quote-unquote like-minded friends and you know these girls are there for you they have your back you're going to work together side by side earning money like these are the greatest friends that you will ever have and when you join these you know these teams you usually join like a Facebook group 
and somebody introduces you like, hey, this is Amy. She's going to like run to the top with me. And I can't wait for her to, you know, stay at home with her cat. And and that, and that's like legitimately how they like introduce you, isn't it? And Oh, yeah, that's how you introduced me too. At the time, my name was also different. That's another podcast for another time. But you had mentioned like, hey, this is so-and-so and like, this is what they like and this is what they do. And the basic script was exactly that. And yeah. we did it for every single person. And I brought two people on in my, or three people on in my two and a half years-ish. So I did the same thing. I'm like, hey, like, hey guys, welcome this new boss, babe. This is what they like to do. This is what they like to, you know, hang out with. And this is their goals. And we're going to take them to the top. And then like 90 random strangers from around the world would be like, yeah, let's go. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. That is a cult tactic as well. It's interesting. Like As we go along, I'm going to like pull up some of the stuff that I know about cult tactics. So that's love bombing, right? So that is typical of a cult so when you join a cult people just shower you with love and affection and make you feel like wow like I I, I've never had this in my life because you know even if you have like a, a, a great life with wonderful friends like you don't get that kind of like love bombing because it's like a cultish thing right and so when you feel it it's 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 to have this like feeling like oh my god I'm so loved and that's good anybody feels good about that right and it's to keep you hooked in with the whole idea of you know staying in the cult once you're in they want to keep you in they don't want you to well that's what I was saying right like I felt so worried about disappointing you and it did inevitably cause us to have some friction but then two months later along comes Amy and now that I'm hearing your story as in-depth as I am I'm also learning that you felt that way for a couple months prior to me even saying those things to you, but you defended this company because Mm -hmm. the cult baloney makes you feel like you have to, because you feel obligated to these people that love you and care about you and are worried about you. But if people genuinely cared and worried about you, this is like a totally unrelated conversation you and I had yesterday in my evening, your late evening about choices I made for my life and the lack of support I had around me and you saying you know what it didn't matter what I thought about those choices that you made Talia it was about the fact that you wanted them and I believed in you as a person and I supported you no matter what and it's funny because if at the time I would have been able to say like hey Amy I've formed a really good friendship with you I feel really safe with you I'm gonna let you know I'm leaving you probably would have also approached it differently than you did but at the time I was like this feels weird like I attacked the MLM not you and I should have come straight to you and it's so crazy how they make you feel that way so tell us more about how Rose did these things to you after you had left because these are a good story yeah so you know we'd had all of this um friendship she was the person who enrolled me that that person that I told you you know I saw posting on Instagram and you know her life looked fantastic because of the company. And so, you know, we'd, we'd developed this friendship. We worked closely together. I, we would speak to each other all the time that I even went to Florida for a couple of the company's like conventions, i.e. cult gatherings. <laughs> and you stayed in her house with her family, didn't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
yeah, I stayed in her house. I stayed with her family. And yeah, we, you know, we were good friends. And so I have like a very similar story in terms of what Talia just said about me and her, you know, when it came to that point where I was like, okay, this is not for me anymore. I went to her because, you know, I thought it was important that, you know, I, I approached her and said, I'm not feeling this anymore. And that's I, what I did to you. Like you, yeah. I felt safe going to you because I thought we were friends. I mm-hmm. thought that this was the family that we were building and the relationships and the friendships. So you felt safe enough going to Rose about this stuff because of what you're feeling. And just like you did, Rose did to you and you did to me, we all kind of were like, go on. <laughs> and so I, you know, I went to her and said, you know, this isn't for me anymore. Like, I'm grateful for everything that, you know, I've done. Because at the time, to be honest with you, to be totally transparent, I think you feel, or, or certainly I did and other people I've spoken to as well, is you've got like little inklings of this doesn't feel right. This doesn't sit comfortably with me. I'm not, there's something wrong, but you actually don't realize the depth of what has happened, what you've been through, what you've been sort of exposed to until you're very well out the other side. And And you feel like you owe these people an explanation. Like I've gotten to a place in my life now since then where I realize I don't have to explain what I need or want to anyone but at the time because of the like loyalty quote unquote and commitment that the company and you had made to me I felt like I had to tell you what I was feeling whereas I should have just been able to be like I'm not doing this anymore you deal with your emotions the way you need to deal with them I'm out and so you know at at, to be honest at first she was like okay like you know still BFFs forever right kind of thing but the next time so like I had messaged her so I was out the company by this point I still enrolled technically because you have to wait until you your sort of like renewal date has expired um but you know I was not working it and I'd made the decision spoken to Rose I'm not doing this anymore and so we had like an okay conversation about that but then it was a few months later I'm sure it was a few months later and we'd spoken like on and off, but not like every day because there was sort of like no, no necessity to, because we weren't working together, but there was like no bad blood there at first. And I was like, Oh, I haven't seen Rose post on Instagram for a while. Like I haven't seen a story and you know, she was sort of, you know, like how the Instagram algorithm generally throws up the people that you sort of engage with the most. So I was like, Oh, that's weird that I haven't seen her. So I thought, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll go and like check up, see how she's doing. Went to Instagram, couldn't find her. And I'm like, well, that's a bit weird to unmute so I could laugh <laughs> you were like I don't understand what's happening she blocked you because you weren't part of her cult anymore and that's what we were told to do if people weren't going to support us and weren't going to give us a positive attitude we would remove them so that they didn't have the ability to affect what we were working so hard to do mm-hmm. so I was like oh well first of all I was like oh 
why, why is she not here? Like, has she closed her account? So I went, <laughs> I went onto my mum's business account because, you know, I have access on that as well because I help her with her social media. So I went on there and typed in her name and I was like, huh, funny, I can still see her there. So she obviously exists. So yes, she had blocked me. And I was like, damn, like nothing even went down. Oh, actually, I say that, but I had started actively speaking out about multi-level marketing and made some um references to like you know how it was not great and it was a bit of a cult so okay in that sense I can see why she was like okay I'm getting rid of her but I then went over to Facebook which I don't use but it still exists and she had blocked me there she'd like removed me from all of the groups which was fair anyway because I wasn't working but yeah she just completely blocked me blocked me and cut me out of her life and it's funny what you said about like what we were taught because I do wonder what went down with it because there's quite a few people from like the girl tribe who who, who were in our group you kind of you me Harriet and um I wasn't near as close with Rose as you were but Harriet was really in our little trio mm-hmm. quad like we would have our own meetings outside of the other like meetings with the big teams and stuff and like yeah yeah and Harriet as well she left the same time as me um and it was actually like a few months so like once I realized that Rose had blocked me and I was like huh there's that and so I messaged Harriet and I was like has she blocked you and she's like no (laughs) like rude but eventually she did but the thing is, it was actually talking to Harriet for a, uh, a while that we actually sort of came across sort of like some anti-MLM content. And that's, what I think, really when I started really unpacking the whole situation. And like, when you realise the cult tactics you've been part of, the way that the whole thing works the things they even down to like the things they say to you like across all different multi-level marketing companies it is all the same and so it was really interesting to be like ah like it sort of slowly sort of just came into my mind and that's what what I say about like it takes a while so it's only when you're on the other side that you see how extensive that whole thing is and what you've been a part of and I think I think what often happens to people is you know we get like the both of us did we get this like gut feeling that something isn't right something doesn't sit right and I am being asked to almost push aside my own uh, boundaries you know beliefs the things that are important to me I'm I'm almost being asked to push them aside push aside the doubts that I have because you know you would always get told like you've just got to believe in it and it will happen like nothing's that simple right so it, it takes so you get that this feeling almost that something's not right and that can come from whether it you know you're being asked to do something that you don't quite agree with something doesn't sit right with you or at some point you're just like I'm not making any money out of this and I'm not prepared to keep going with it so 
something somewhere doesn't sit right and it's only when you have left the cult and you don't have that constant infiltration of people and it's not it's not their fault right the roses of this world it's not their fault because they're just trained to do you know what the person before them has done and and it's this cycle it sits I feel a lot of the blame sits with the people who found these companies the people in charge of these companies and the people at the top of these companies like top as in have reached you know some of the the highest vip levels these guys they know what's going on they know that 99% of people underneath them are not going to make any money and or lose money and so how can i you know i don't know how these people sleep at night for a start yeah that's where i'm at like once I got to the other side, once I realized where I was at, once I actually followed my gut and left behind everything else that I was feeling, I started to think the same thing. Like, how are these people sleeping at night? How are they consciously knowing, like, we're up here advertising this big shit and these fancy cars and these vacations. And yeah, they are enjoying those things. You know why? Because the rest of us are down here hustling for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what led for me to actually quote unquote run my own business. I was that drove me nuts because then when I left and I was feeling those feelings and people were approaching me, telling me like, oh, I see you looking for jobs and whatever. This would be the perfect opportunity for you. And this would be a way for you to run your own business. I'm like, I do run my own business. Thank you. I run it all by myself. I'm the person at the top on vacation. I'm also the person at the bottom filing the paperwork. (laughs) Like it started to get to a point where I became angry and resentful and frustrated and extremely triggered by this experience because I thought, how did I get bamboozled into this? How did I get hustled through this? How did I waste this much money and this much time on something that was this detrimental to not only my bank account, but my mental health? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm out millions of dollars, but I definitely was out a couple hundred bucks over two years. Yeah. And not only that, my time, three to four meetings a week, all the posting I had to do, all the faking stuff I had to do. And now I'm at a point where I actually am growing followers organically. I actually am running a business organically. I actually do talk to almost all the people that follow me on a weekly, monthly basis. I actually am forming a real community and a real relationship and building a website that is going to make me jump off a goddamn cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Amy knows she's making it. (laughs) To have actual things now that are tangible that I've done from the ground up that I've created and I've run and I've handled with Amy's help. And you know what I mean? Like my own doing. And then for people to try and tell me that that's what uh, running a business is. That's what those things are. Yeah. For the people at the very top of the company. So I think what Amy and I wanted to do, because we had our own separate journeys, obviously, and we've told each other our experiences obviously, but we want to run through a little bit about how the process actually works, um, how they get you signed up, how they make money or don't make money off of you, and what happens when you exit, and what happens to the people below you when you exit, because Amy and I struggled with this, mostly because Amy had a bunch of people signed underneath her, me being one of them. And I also had people signed underneath me and my people had people signed up underneath them in a matter of a couple of years. So when I quit, Amy lost some of me and all my people and their people's people. 
And then when Amy quit and Harriet quit, I'm pretty sure Harriet and Amy were underneath Rose. Uh-huh, yeah. And then Rose was just bitter because she had just lost like 40 people that worked below her making her actual money or so she claimed. And we still don't know if she made any money. So Amy, let's talk about how we got signed up. I got signed up because I liked what Amy was doing. I was watching her life because that's what social media is like, as creepy as that fucking sounds. And we got, I got settled. I was like, hey, this sounds really cool. Tell me more. I'm a very methodical person. So it took her weeks of answering my questions and telling me things before I actually gave in. I'm not very impulsive. Um, so it took me some time to like agree. Once I agreed and had the money together, I forget how much it was, like 90 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and it, it was 99 US dollars. So uh, that was it more- would have been like 160 bucks for me. But we got set up. I got my box of supplies. I posted all about it. I did a live video where like seven whole people watched. And then I harassed people every day. I made list after list after list of like, have you asked your dentist? Have you asked the librarian? Fucking, I don't know. Have you? (laughs) And Amy's giggling over on the other end because it sounds stupid. Because it is. And what's even funnier is as we're having this conversation, Amy, as my witness, allow me to go open my Facebook messenger. Look, here's someone trying to get me to do something that said that I've literally never spoken to before on Facebook that I have no idea who they are asking me to do something MLM related. And it is so funny because if I wouldn't generally ask you this in a grocery store, why would you? And then I would be the embarrassing person going to Walmart or to the bookstore or to go get a coffee wearing a bright green lanyard, okay, that said, ask me how. And I'm telling you, I'm dead serious. This is what we did. And I just, the cringiest thing I've ever done in my whole goddamn life. And I am so uncomfortable by it. And what makes it even worse is the other companies and MLMs I worked for weren't near as bad as this one. And I think that's why the universe handed me the really bad one near the end. They were like, here, you know what you need? A really creepy experience, a really cringe experience. And then you will escape finally. But it just was it was screwed up and that's what I did my day-to-day was posting acting like my life was the best it was walking around with a stupid lanyard on even in the dark at like you know this time of year going to the grocery store where people would look at me and then avoid eye contact because of my weird lanyard it was packages in the mail from Amy of like swag bags and things that I should be wearing and doing and I was like what in the hell I don't want to do this and it was this constant, like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. I need to run. I need to run. I need to run. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Ah! It's, it's interesting because like, they they would describe that, right, as getting out of your comfort zone, right? You need to get out of your comfort zone. But what it is, is it's your intuition telling you, like, this ain't right. Like, you need to not do this. It's not and getting it's out of your comfort zone. It's so funny because in the last two weeks, Amy has done social media strategy work for, I don't know, a decade or something. I've known you for nine and a half, almost 10 years. And we have been working and overhauling my whole company and my whole business as I take on being a registered yoga teacher, an illustrator, um, and then all the other things. So Amy has been working my website, setting up my 
social media and we have been doing everything. And I literally open my Instagram like 10 times a day, send Amy the same screenshot like once a week. And I'm like, look at how cute this is. Look at how nice this looks. Look at how proud I am of this. I can't get enough of this. I want to work all the time. I'm recording a podcast by myself about meditation and mindfulness at 1130 at night while Amy is at like 4am in the morning over there. And I am just so happy. And genuinely, my gut is just like settled and whatever. And there was so much discomfort and frustration in doing this for so long, because much like Amy said, they wanted you to think that that was their version of you getting out of your comfort zone. I understand that getting out of your comfort zone is uncomfortable. Some of the things I've done in the last week have been uncomfortable, but there's the difference between uncomfortable and your body screaming, get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And the thing is running my own website, uncomfortable. (laughs) Having to photograph everything I do so that I can make content for a website, something I've never done, a little weird, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make me feel like my morals are wrong. If I tell Amy I'm not feeling well, I need to go rest, she goes, go rest. If Amy needs a couple minutes to pump her breast before we pop onto our podcast, she did today as she shakes her milk around. (laughs) (laughs) Got a big bottle today. (laughs) But it's just like, I couldn't spend another minute of my life compromising my morals and my own personal needs for somebody else's push I understand there are things in life that are going to be uncomfortable if you choose to jump out of an airplane or run a marathon there are steps you're going to have to take to do that and it's still going to be like what the hell did I just do but is it hurting anyone other than you if you fuck it up no so it's just like I don't know I just don't believe in pushing yourself outside of these things as the same as pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone it feels like the bait and switch kind of bullshit which I think we'll get into right now so yeah there's so much like you say there's so much when you join that you know they're they're pulling you in with they're saying like like you know you can you know you're gonna run your own business which is not correct right you're a contractor you're a contractor that's that's all you are you're a contractor for a million dollar company right and they don't even pay you a wage Hi, welcome to working in our free marketing team. <laughs> you like some debt? How about some products you're never going to use? Does this sound good to you? Let's get started. Yeah, expensive products that you're not going to use. Now, I um just briefly touching on the products. I don't have any products left now. Uh, I did love their cleanser. Um, you did. You genuinely did love the facial cleanser. Yeah, and the, the little uh, exfoliating toner clear yeah. yellowish bottle whatever the hell that was I really like I remember what it was that and yeah so you know I really did like some of their skincare stuff but when we ran out of it because we had an abundance of product right when we ran out of it I was like I don't really want to give them any money so we'll just leave it there but a lot of what they do in the early like the early stages when you're like recruiting somebody or you're trying to get them to purchase a product particularly on the recruitment side of things is that you are you know that they're telling you like you can like own your own time you can work whenever you want you can you know take your you yeah you can work from your phone you you know it's just 
all of these things like oh yeah you can work in your own time if you say like oh you know I don't really have a lot of time I can only really like spare half an hour they're like that's fine you can work your business in just half an hour a day but then when so that's how they bait you in now but then once you're in things switch it becomes if you want this bad enough you'll hustle yeah you could fit it into 30 minutes but don't you want to be at the top put in an extra hour oh you're sick couldn't you work from bed you all you need is your cell phone and it becomes this predatory instead of preying on your vulnerabilities they prey on your want to succeed now that they've roped you in and grown you emotionally attached Mm -hmm. I feel like once they've emotionally attached you to the idea of like you're in this now you are gonna do this now we believed in you now you have a job to do that's when you suddenly are like okay morals aside and I remember saying that in the beginning of this episode where I thought you know what I had to put my morals completely aside to be able to be what they wanted me to be which still wasn't enough so then I put more work in and then I ran myself into the ground with this and the worst part I didn't even burn out doing it I burnt out from not doing what my body needed yeah because of as a result of Absolutely. And it's, it's really interesting that, like you say, that once they get, catch you emotionally, then you start to question like, okay, am I not seeing success because I'm not working hard enough? Is You become like- obligated. They, they build an obligation based on your emotional attachment to the people and the product. And the thing is, whether you find success in a multi-level marketing company or not is not down to the work that you do it's down to luck predominantly i have shit luck but also didn't want to put the time into a company that was also shit all the things they promised me in the beginning didn't actually come true the obligation runs over your own morals and you run yourself into the ground we are going to end this episode here, but we do have a second part to this episode that we are going to get into next. Amy, would you like to tell us what that second episode is all about? Yeah, so we're going to dive more into like the cult-like tactics and how multi-level marketing is essentially a cult, how they catch you, how they draw you in, maybe a bit more of like the bait and switch methods they use. But one of the main things that I want to talk about is there is this bite model. It's called the bite model of authoritarian control. And it's it really goes in depth about um, cults and how, how these cult-like tactics are used within multi-level marketing. And it's super interesting so we will see you guys on the flip side thanks for tuning in to today's episode we hope that you will take some time today to slow down find joy and embrace the little moments you can find talia on instagram at truly talia with two a's on the end and you can find amy also on instagram at life on plot 44 stay up to date on all things podcast at slow the heck down pod We hope to see you next time when you choose to slow the heck down.